Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Christian Brindle and welcome to the Everything Medicare podcast. up everything medicare podcast nation this is christian brindle wherever you are and how you might be listening to me today thank you so much for taking the time and folks if this is your first time tuning in this is the everything medicare podcast i'm your host christian brindle every single week me and my company bring you a podcast episode where we discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And folks, it's episode 238, um, titled, What is Medicare Part D? We've talked about a lot of things on this show. We've talked about Medicare supplements. We've talked about Medicare Advantage plans. We've discussed everything far and wide in the world of Medicare. And we've talked about Part D too, but we haven't talked about it as much as what we probably should have. And it's probably been some time since we've really talked about it at all. Every single year during open enrollment, I do an update on Part D. I do an update, if you will, where we discuss what things are looking like in terms of maybe the coverage gap or maybe the donut hole or something along those lines. Um, But today I thought we'd just do a real in-depth look at Medicare Part D. It's incredibly polarizing. It's incredibly controversial. Um, Some people think it's fantastic. Other people think it's horrific. And we're going to talk about why that is and why you see people on such different ends of the spectrum there with Medicare Part D. Medicare Part D can best be described as prescription coverage. D for drugs is a nice way I like to think about it. It's an easy way to remember it. Medicare Part D, D for drugs. Um, there's two ways that a person on Medicare can get Part D coverage. You have what's known as standalone prescription drug plans, also known as PDPs in the industry. Prescription drug plans is what that stands for. And those essentially are little prescription plans. And all they do is they give you drug coverage, and they're designed to essentially pair up with a Medicare supplement or Medigap, since Medicare supplements, of course, do not cover prescription drug coverage. Um, You have to get the Part D separate. It's a separate premium. It's kind of on its own. It can be through a different insurance company than your Medicare supplement, Um, but it's kind of designed to pair up with that since the the, the supplement plan, excuse me, is not going to come with the drug coverage. So... That's the first way. The other way is you can pick up a Medicare Advantage plan that has a Part D plan essentially built into it. And in terms of how the Part D plan is going to work with the two programs, 
whether it be a, a standalone prescription drug plan with a supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan with drug coverage built inside, they're going to really go off of the same um, model in terms of how it's going to work. And so Part D plans, more or less, are going to be in a tier system. They're going to be built from tiers one through five. And what a tier is, if you're not familiar, is it's a category. It's a category that an insurance company can place a certain prescription into. And depending on what tier a prescription might fall into is going to determine what the copay is and how well it's covered. (coughs) So tiers one through five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. Typically, your tiers one and two are going to cover your your generic prescriptions. Depending on how expensive this generic prescription is, um, the tier two is going to be slightly higher than the tier one in terms of your cost. Tier threes and fours are typically going to be your brand name prescriptions. Tier five is going to be your specialty drugs, like maybe an experimental cancer prescription or something along those lines. Um, It's not uncommon, however, for prescriptions that are technically speaking a generic of a brand name, technically speaking, to be classified as a tier three and not always necessarily a tier one or two. And this comes down to what's known as formularies. Now, what is a formulary? Well, a formulary is a list, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) I have a cough lingering from when I was sick a couple weeks ago. Um, a a, A formulary is more or less folks going to be a list of prescriptions, a giant list of prescriptions. It can be made up of hundreds of prescriptions, maybe even thousands of prescriptions. And it's going to essentially list every prescription that's covered by the plan. If a prescription does not appear in that plan's formulary, it means that particular plan is not going to cover that medication. But it's not only if the medication is going to be covered by the plan, it's also going to be how well. The formulary is going to dictate and determine what tier a certain prescription is going to fall into. And different plans and different insurance companies can place the same medications in different tiers. This is why it's very important for you to have your prescriptions compared with your available options. Because it can make a dramatic difference between one plan to another. Now, with Part D prescription drug coverage, I'll talk about what I talked about in a second ago and why some people think it's fantastic, some people think it's horrific. Let's talk about the fantastic mode for a second there. Why would do people think it's fantastic? Well, a lot of times if people are taking maybe 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 generic prescriptions, very low-cost prescriptions, it's quite common that a lot of Part D plans or Part D coverages will cover those really, really well. On your cheap prescriptions, it's not uncommon that you can get them for free either at the pharmacy at a 30 or 60 or 90 day supply or through a mail order um, program through maybe a company's mail order pharmacy for 90 days at a time. Some companies do 100 days at a time. So they think to themselves, well, I'm getting eight or nine drugs every month, but they're low cost. A lot of times they don't take it into consideration. But they're thinking to themselves, I'm not having to pay anything for my prescriptions. This is great. (coughs) And it is great. Part D plans are typically going to do a very good job on your cheap medications. Where they might not do such a great job is on the higher expense prescriptions. Your tiers 3, 4, 5 is where you get into issues. Also, it's important for you to understand that Part D coverage is going to go through different stages of drug coverage over the course of the year if your costs are high enough. What do I mean by that? Well, we've all heard of a a program known as the coverage gap. 
or maybe even known as the donut hole. Um, <clears throat> it's been a, a pariah in the Medicare community for some time, as long as I've been doing this. This is the best way to understand the Medicare coverage gap slash donut hole is to understand these different stages of drug coverage. There are typically going to be four. So the first stage is going to be your deductible stage. <clears throat> if your Part D plan has a deductible associated to it, deductibles can be $100 a year, $200 a year. The maximum they can be this year actually is $445 a year. It just kind of depends on the plan, where you live, the insurance company. And sometimes they don't apply to all tiers. Sometimes they'll only apply to tiers three and above. Sometimes they'll only apply to tiers four and above. Sometimes they'll apply to all tiers. Just depends on the plan. Some plans don't have any deductible whatsoever. So it's going to wide, it's going to range pretty widely. Now, but that is your first stage, is the deductible stage. And it's pretty straightforward. Let's say you have a $200 deductible for all medications. Well, the deductible stage says you pay, you pay full cost, the retail value of these prescriptions, until your deductible's met, then you move out of the first stage. Easy, right? Let's talk about the second stage. The second stage is what's known as initial drug coverage. Initial drug coverage is pretty simple also. Each tier is typically going to have a set copay. They're all going to be really in the same ballpark for the most part, <clears throat> but they can, they're going to be a little different from plan to plan. So like, I'll give you an example of a typical Part D plan. A tier one might be three, four, five dollars. A tier two might be seven, eight, nine, ten dollars. A tier three might be forty-five to forty-eight dollars, copay for a thirty-day supply. A tier four will probably be somewhere between ninety to a hundred dollars for a thirty-day supply, and then your tier fives are going to be typically your specialty drugs, twenty-nine percent-ish coinsurance. So. When you're in the initial drug coverage stage, the second stage, once you're past that deductible stage, if your plan has a deductible, you're going to just pay your set copay. So let's say your copay for a tier two is $10. You go to the pharmacy, you pick up this prescription, you pay your copay, they pay the rest. Let's say the, the retail cost is $100 or $80 for that tier two. You pay the copay, they pay the rest. Pretty straightforward. It gets a little bit more complicated in the third category. And that's going to be what's known as the coverage gap, formerly known as the donut hole. So the way that the coverage gap works, ladies and gentlemen, and I've talked about this before, um, more or less, what we're talking about is what it takes for you to get in the coverage gap. And essentially... What you're looking at is the, the insurance company is going to keep track of the total cost of your prescriptions over the course of the year. What I mean by that is the retail value. So if there's a prescription that's $500 a month, your copay is 50 and they pay the rest of that 450 they're looking at the total cost, what you pay combined with what the insurance company pays. So once the total cost of your prescriptions throughout the year, they're going to keep track, equal out to be $4,130 in 2021 as I record this. These numbers change from year to year. So if you're listening to this in 2022, 23, 24, keep that in mind. But once the total cost of your prescriptions equal that $4,130 amount, you enter what's known as the coverage gap, also known as the donut hole. 
And once you're in the donut hole, it's not pretty always. The cost of your prescriptions change dramatically. What they're going to do is they're going to charge you 25% of the retail cost of any prescription. So if you have a $1,000 a month prescription, you're going to pay 25%. Yeah, $250 a month. Used to be worse. It has improved a little bit, but that is the coverage gap. It's a pariah. That's why you find people that say Part D coverage is great because they take cheap generic prescriptions. They get them all for free or very cheap. Or you'll see people on the other side that say it's horrible because they take high expense prescriptions and they find themselves in the coverage gap year in and year out. The fourth stage, and most people don't even hit this stage, but the fourth stage is what's known as catastrophic coverage. What catastrophic coverage is, is once you yourself spend $6,550, not the total cost, but what you pay, once that number reaches $6,550 over the course of the year, then, and only then, you exit the coverage gap over the course of the calendar year, I should say, and then your your costs are improved. Typically, you're going to pay a set copay, which is pretty small, pretty insignificant, um, $9.50 copay for your brand names, $3 and some change for generics, or 5% of the cost of the prescription, whichever one is greater. Your coverage is better than it ever was at that point. But these levels and these numbers and these stages, they reset year in and year out. And these stages, by the way, are present with any single Medicare prescription plan you're going to find with any insurance company. Why? Because the insurance companies are not determining what these look like. It's not an insurance company thing that they incorporate into their plan. It's a government thing. It's a Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services thing. Now, we've talked about the the Insulin Senior Savings Program that was passed first of the year. Essentially, what that is, is in a nutshell, if a plan covers a certain insulin, and if it's on a certain list of insulins that are included in this program, which a majority of the most popular ones and most commonly seen ones are. But if it's a combination of those two, and if the plan itself is participating, the Insulin Senior Savings Program is a program that insurance companies and plans can choose to opt in or opt out of. But assuming that all of those things align, it's covered in the plan's formulary, it's on the list of covered of, of included insulins on the program, and if the plan to yourself if the insurance company you're signing up with has opted in to the insulin senior savings program, those three things have to all align. Your insulin costs on that particular insulin will be capped at a maximum of $35 per month, whether you're met your deductible, whether you're in the coverage gap. So that is a huge step forward for people that have diabetes. That's been a huge help. We just got to hope that the, the current administration doesn't take it away. They've already stripped some insulin programs already. We just got to keep our fingers crossed that that one will remain. It looks like it's going to, but we never know. Something could change tomorrow. I'll keep you posted on that. But anyway, folks, that's your Part D. That's your Medicare Part D coverage. It's a deep dive. I thought it was it was time that we did a an updated episode about it because the last one that we did a deep dive on was back in 2018. And I thought you deserved to hear the new information that comes with it. Anyway, folks, a little bit of a shorter episode than maybe you're accustomed to, but um, not much to cover here. I, I, think, um, I think that pretty much sums up your Medicare Part D coverage. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, folks, week after week, and you'd like to work with us, we work with people in about 35 states. If you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast and the audio version, 
You can see the, the, the states that we work with people in in the description of each episode, as well as our phone number and contact information. But just in case, I'll give it to you. That's 801-255-5340. 801-255-5340 is the number to our office. We're open Monday through Friday. Um, <clears throat> and if your state happens to be on the list of states that we are licensed to help people in, we work with a myriad of different insurance companies. All the biggest ones that you'll find, we typically do partner with them. And our job is to help you find the best available option based on your needs and preferences. If you'd like some help on your Medicare plan, give us a call. No obligation, no cost, free consultation. We'd love the chance to be able to talk with you. Folks, I love you. Thank you so much for for tuning in week after week after week. Um, I really appreciate it. And because we have such a wonderful, fantastic audience is the reason why we keep doing this show every single week, even as we close in on 240 episodes. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Hope you have a great Monday. And until next week, we'll be back. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to drop a like on the video, comment your thoughts, and make sure to subscribe for future insurance and Medicare information.